Hello, and welcome to episode number 195. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zoot. Colin, of course, was run over by a reindeer. Um, <laughs> a ninja reindeer. A ninja reindeer. Yes. On his way to Oregon. That happens. It happens a that lot. Way what? more often than you would think. People getting run over by reindeers? In Oregon. In yeah. Oregon? That's awesome. That and highway patrolmen. Two most two things you see the most on Oregonian freeways. Um, Oregonian? <laughs> that's the word, right? Oregonian? Okay. I, I think it is. Let's go uh, anyway. with it. So, this is the episode for the week of Monday, December 22nd. It is the last episode before Christmas of 2014 and our second last episode of the year. Which is kind of crazy, because we're creeping up on episode number 200. I mean, this is insane. We've been around a long time. How did that happen? Um, well, no one told us to shut up, I think, actually. <laughs> was, it was when you Black- listen, you just encourage us. us. And we just, yeah. we just had to stick around. Yeah, yeah. Um, our wives didn't leave us for doing this, or threatened to leave us, and uh, no one told us to shut up. Ergo, we're still going. Um, momentum. Yeah, it's hard to stop something <laughs> once it's moving, especially yeah. when you're as fat as we are. Just inertia. <laughs> uh, no, Colin, uh, we, we are recording this very late. Uh, it's late night, and it's Saturday. We normally record this on Thursday, but just everything kept getting in the way. Real life does that. So we're recording Saturday. Colin is, of course, traveling, uh, or actually traveled. He, he's arrived, I think, uh, unless he did get run over by a highway patrolman or a reindeer um, to visit family back up in the octagon. The octagon? <laughs> His, his family is all MMA fighters. It's <laughs> not at all what I meant. Oh. They're just beating the living crap out of each other as a welcoming. It's That's a their way of tradition. It's their way of giving TLC. <laughs> it's better whoever, than Festivus's airing of grievances. Whoever breaks the wishbone gets to tap out early. Yeah, the farmer pummeling of love. Okay. <laughs> that works, actually, because that's his name. I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about actual farmers. By the way, if you, we haven't covered this already, we're really tired. Anyway. No, I'm good. I'm, I could go all night. Let's go all night, guys. Come on. Zoner's methamphetamine addiction finally has a use. Yes. Our, we want to give a special thanks out to our friends, all of our radio partners, also uh, to our wonderful hosts at 48-14.com, best WordPress hosts out there. Um they are handling a security update. There's a massive one that's out there right now. If you host any sites, you may have gotten a notice about it. Uh, we did, and they said, oh, by the way, we're taking care of this for you. So, hey, bonus, right? You need to trust your site to someone. Make sure it's someone you can actually trust who's going to be there like you need. And 4814 has always been there for us. Go check them out, 48-14.com. Uh, we're also brought to you by Eagle Moss Limited and by Copious Amounts of Caffeine. Here, here. Yay, caffeine. Actually, I'm not. Copious. I'm hopped up on meth, as you mentioned. Yes. <laughs> and coke. All right. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, horrible segues, North Korea. <laughs> so this Sony hack, uh, oh, and I'm yeah. sure... Because it, it because this isn't just tech news anymore. This is left the tech world. This is all sorts of news, and, and I'm sure you've seen this on many news outlets. The FBI is now pretty certain, uh, certain enough that they've come out and announced it. They believe that the Sony Pictures hack either was carried out by North Korea or was um, hired by North Korea. That they hired other people to do it. I'm pretty sure that they had to have hired somebody else to do it because 
They like don't even have electricity in North Korea. How do they have hackers? Well, see, this is how it works out. It's genius, really. I mean, when you think about the simplicity, it really works quite well. But you have the hacker, and then you have the 12 people on the human treadmills to run it. Oh, that works. <laughs> but, you know, I thought, seriously, I thought that all Koreans, whether it be North or South, just played StarCraft until they died. I didn't realize they did hacking as well. Oh, we're at 11 already, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Our racism goes to 11. Yeah, uh, those, actually, those MMOs take a Korean like every day, dude. It's just... So, <laughs> I thought we were back to the MMA joke there for a moment. I totally misheard that. <laughs> I, I was literally picturing <laughs> just a bunch of MMA fighters killing a Korean every day. I really wanted to see Shmi like, shoot Mountain Dew out his nose. Like, like they're dropping them into a cage, like Jurassic Park style. So they're <laughs> pulling back the tattered harness. Their, their version of hacking is literal hacking, physically. Yes, with a machete. <laughs> now, um, I did see on Reddit a kind of funny joke, and there uh, people are going, I really don't think that Korea did it itself. It would have had to hire it out to someone else, because trying to download all that information from Sony would have totally swamped their 1.5 megabit cap. <laughs> But the truth of the matter is, those two gig hard drives would fill up like really fast. Let's 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 be serious for a moment. We all kind of knew, right, that this was going to be a possibility when they started mentioning the interview, which is of course a Seth Rogen James Franco movie that Sony Pictures made about assassinating Kim Jong Un. We all kind of immediately knew, okay, it's North Korea. It's either North Korea or they want us to think it's North Korea. I mean, I think we even mentioned that last week, right? What What mm-hmm. is the possibility, yeah. or the probability, rather, that it actually is somebody that's not North Korea that's just trying to make it look like they are? I, I think it's low. I think it is them. I think it probably is, too, but that would be a nice little um, spoiler, like twist, plot twist. <laughs> You've got a point, but who, who would do that? Mo- most hackers like to you know call themselves out and say look look what i did this you know so i don't, I don't know i don't think they would be redirecting the blame somewhere else i i agree with schmitty there I, unless I think it's that's china right <laughs> now china. interestingly interestingly okay so we're going to release all this stuff we're going to release all this stuff so what we're going to release the movie it's going to you can't hurt us we're going to release the movie oh we're going to release these emails that are very embarrassing well we're still going to release the movie we're going to release the movie hey you're giving us publicity oh we're going to release the movie the emails of the ceo oh we got to pull the movie we got to pull the movie we got to pull the movie now that's not the only reason they did say uh, the guardians of peace as it were said that any movie theater that premieres the interview would be the target of 9-11 style violent attacks. To which a lot of theaters started saying, well, that's not good. Let's cancel the premiere. And so many theaters did that, that Sony decided to indefinitely suspend release of the movie. Here's why this is stupid. Okay. And keep in mind, I say this Without, I, I'm not from the intelligence agency, right? I, I'm not part of foreign intelligence. I'm not a spy. I don't have any information other than what the internet tells me. But a country that can't get missiles off of their own launch pads, <laughs> that can't launch a satellite to save its life, that calls a launch into the ocean a successful thing, and who 
basically declare war on their southern neighbors every time an airline flight gets too close to the border. I don't think they can launch terror attacks on every single theater in America. I don't think they know how many theaters there are in America. What are there, one, two, maybe? <laughs> we can take out all five. Surely they, those, <laughs> those imperialist pigs don't have more than five theaters. That would be insane. Yeah, that's not a very good Asian accent you're doing there for an Asian. I, I'm very disappointed in that, by the way, Zook. Look, just but, because no- I am Asian doesn't mean I know what they sound like, okay? <laughs> you know, though, I can totally understand and... Don't get me wrong here. I I think it's kind of ridiculous, but I can totally understand why theaters and Sony would not want to accept the liability. Because really, all it takes is one crazy North Korean to get into a theater with a suicide vest and blow it up and take out 50 people. or that, That's not even, 9-11 style. Or even gotta- five people, and the <laughs> lawsuits are going to be flying. I can totally understand why they I, don't want to accept that liability. Yeah, However, I, I can get that. I, I get your point, but finish up your thought. They basically just make Kim Jong Un the CEO of Sony Pictures by doing this. That well, guy, we will see him. what he wants us to see this holiday season, which is ridiculous. A Kim Jong Un Christmas, the feel-good family <laughs> musical of the year. <laughs> Pretty sure Glorious we won't leader. be showing Team America. Oh well. <laughs> When Glorious Leader was born in a manger. I'm so lonely. <laughs> okay, so le- really, though, they did just legitimize this guy. They did, and it's every ridiculous. Year, every single year for decades, maybe since the 50s, I, I don't know, maybe someone from the military can correct me if I'm wrong there, but every single year, South Korea runs training exercises. It's a big deal. It's known, okay, and they do it with a joint force from the U.S. because we help them out military-wise. And every year, every year, if you run these exercises, we will see it as an act of war and we will attack. We are poised to invade, like nonstop rhetoric, nonstop. These people live 50 miles from these weirdos, and they're not concerned. They run the exercises anyway, because to not run the exercises would legitimize their claims, right? Here we are, thousands of miles away and we just legitimized them now they actually can say see we have the ability we have the ability to make them back down they brought america to her knees over this now um dr squishy has had his own words about this on moving uh moving picture show and he is far more classy than we are, but he sent me a text message right after recording his latest episode. He's like, uh, warning, racist comment inbound. But seriously, Sony, I thought the Japanese were better at standing up to Koreans. <laughs> <laughs> that is which, true. Which I am okay laughing at, of course. You guys can't. That's That, that joke's for me. That's not that, for you. That's okay. I can be racist tonight. Okay. Um, now, what's really funny about this, and we're spending a lot of time on this, but it's kind of interesting because Romney has come out. Mitt Romney has come out saying, uh, Sony, you kind of screwed up there. Here's an idea. Why don't you release it for free for everyone to watch on demand? And people, if they like it, can donate, and you can then donate that money elsewhere. And he suggests fighting Ebola. Um, which, hey, that's a pretty good idea, right? I mean, you can't buy this kind of publicity. Sony should be really capitalizing it. Oh, on top of that, Obama has said that Sony really made a mistake in canceling it and urges them to show it anyway. Um, House Republicans are saying that they should. Like, everyone is saying that you should show this movie. <laughs> this is weird. 
We want this, our movie. <laughs> this movie that probably isn't going to be any good. This movie that probably is not funny shouldn't have been made, honestly, because it's pretty tasteless in its entire conception. Um, now is almost kind of a freedom rallying cry for us. Well, some of the theaters didn't think didn't like the fact that uh, they weren't going to get to show the movie. So instead, on launch day, they were going to show a premiere, uh, not a premiere, but a showing of Team America World Police. And if you think... The interview is tasteless. Uh, that movie is hilariously tasteless, and it deals directly with Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-un's father. Uh, as they point out, he is actually an alien cockroach who is out to control all the actors of the world, and he sings a musical. Um, in response to that, Paramount, who owns Team America, pulled it and banned the showing of it in theaters. Paramount is so scared of this, they won't let theaters show their movie. Wouldn't it, just, wouldn't it be awesome if all this came about because some idiot CEO had a password of 12345? Well, and that's it. Nice segues on her. Very good. Because as scary as this attack has been for Sony, the FBI has come out and said it wasn't a complicated attack. It wasn't a huge hack. This wasn't like, you know, Ocean's Eleven style operations here. It was a pretty generic hack that shouldn't have happened, but someone clicked on something they shouldn't have which is usually the case. So you have a country that can't launch missiles and evidently can't even pull together a decent hack, and you're worried they're going to launch a terror attack against you. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) You just say that with such disdain. The only military action they've been successful at is in Red Dawn. True. That's like the only one. (laughs) I liked how the Russians did it in the 80s better, though. So. Um, Okay, well, some interesting news that did come out of the Sony hack. It turns out that the MPAA, who, I don't know, I want to say something really disparaging towards them, but I immediately went towards Nazi, and that's never a good sign when that's like your go-to. You know what I'm saying? Like, there should be something else I should say. But the MPAA, uh, basically the mafia for the movie industry, turns out that they are trying to work um, together to bypass Google and take down the DNS entries for different sites. That might sound kind of confusing. Don't worry. Um, We'll explain it. But it might also sound um, familiar because it is what SOPA was. Remember SOPA Pippa? That thing that was such a big deal that we recorded a special episode just for it and everyone on the internet rallied against it to such a degree that legislatures were basically backpedaling a million miles an hour to get away from. Yeah. MPAA is trying to do it behind everyone's backs. Well, and the interesting thing about this is we know about this because of the Sony hack. Right. Which is awesome that, you know, the hackers helping, helping us help bringing these people to their knees. You know what we should do? Thank you, North Korea, for helping us expose this horrendous breach of privacy and fair use of the Internet. Please accept our gift of a complimentary copy of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll show and, for free in and, all f- five of your theaters. And we'll throw in Team America World Police as a bonus. Yeah, I, Can you imagine that playing in their theaters, like some guy on the piano playing furiously while it just <laughs> keeps intercutting with like scenes of dialogue? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like four Koreans in the back cranking the cranking the projector. Because <laughs> they'd have to because they don't have electricity. See, it's a funny. Okay. Um, let's... 
funny because it's true. I'm going to give Schmitty an asthma attack from this. He's trying so hard like to laugh without swallowing his tongue. And I'm tired. <laughs> and he's tired. Man, I can't wait to hear your guys' SD files after this. Oh, it's oh, going to be full of awesome, I'm sure. A half hour of drooling into the mic with random laughter. <laughs> um, speaking of piracy... Okay, so the Pirate Bay got shut down and still is not back up. It looks like it is down for good. Interestingly, though, other torrent sites have come out with the source code for the Pirate Bay, which means, in essence, you could have your own Pirate Bay if you wanted. It's easy. All you have to do is download this torrent, ironically, or meta. Is that irony or is that meta? Meta. Okay. It's myrony. <laughs> actually, that's the, that's the lesser known Alanis Morissette song, Myronic. I, I think it's actually idiotic, to be honest with you, because I wouldn't want that kind of liability. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? And, and not to mention the fact that you know, you just know there's like an FBI strike team waiting to see who tries to seed that. <laughs> Who's next? Who wants to be next? We took down the Silk Road. We took down the Silk Road 2. We'll take down you too. Um, and Not the band. Yeah. What's really interesting is the fact that most people don't quite realize this, but this source code is not for all the torrents that the Pirate Bay had. It's basically just a search aggregator for all where all the torrents were located. Yeah. It's more like a search engine. I mean, you could take that source code, tweak it to whatever you want, and use it as a search engine for anything. You could use the Pirate Bay's source code to find pictures of cats. You know? Yeah. The Cat Bay. Well, and what, what's what's even more frightening, and that I think the FBI knows this, is that um, anyone with this source code doesn't necessarily have to put it up um, online for public access, but then they can just use the code themselves for their own internal use uh, to to find torrents. So it's it's almost taken taken torrent search completely offline into not even the torrent network. It's it's your own personal network. So right. So I, I could use Pirate Bay from my own personal network that's searching all the aggregators out there, you know, and and the FBI can't track that. So you know, you know what I want to do? I want to take this source code. I want to put it up on the ser- up on a server, and I want to tweak it. I can't tweak code. I have no idea how to do it. So I'll get Schmitty to do it. Um, <laughs> you know, since he has so much free time, uh, right. and I went to launch the Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Every you picture download, you need will be added. <laughs> yeah. Everything you search will explode. <laughs> Great. Get right on that, Schmitty, okay? It's done. Oh, you, you've already had it waiting in a Google Doc somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> it's True a- story, people. Schmitty knows every request I'm going to give him for coding for like the next five years. He has them already done waiting, just waiting for the request. True story. Okay. Um, I lost my track. Um. Spanish. Wow, that, that's Spain. kind of embarrassing and awkward. Not really unexpected, though, considering <laughs> how we are tonight. <laughs> Talked about I think, Bain and Google News. Yeah, I'm looking week. through the headlines. Racism, racism, racism. No, we did that. We did that. We're out of racism. No, we're oh, not. Spain. Oh. Okay, we're back. Um, <laughs> okay, so a quick recap that we've talked about in previous shows. Spain's news agencies wanted Google to pay them to, get, to put links up on Google. 
pretty much whenever you search for news inside uh, inside Spain, Google would pull up headlines, and the headlines would actually link you to that news agency's site. It wasn't that Google was claiming it was itself. You know, it wasn't saying that, hey, this is our article, we wrote it, this is ours. It was actually passing you along to their site, you know, kind of like Google does. They wanted Google to have to pay money to do that, however, to which Google basically said, no, and shut down Google News ahead of the December 31st deadline. That's not working so well. Spanish publishers want Google News to come back. Yeah, and this happened within days. It might have even been within a day or two. Within, within uh, the day, yeah. Of Google stopping their their news service in Spain. Yeah, I I love this, okay? Because this is so totally European. They wanted the government to make Google pay them money to to, to show their products. Google said, nope, took their ball, went home. Now they want the government to make Google come back to give them money. <laughs> yeah, and this is something we talked about. I think it was on last week's show how it was just going to kill them because Google is sending traffic to them. And old school media is a dying is a dying media. Newspapers, you know, that kind of stuff, people just don't go to. And so if you've got Google who's sending you I'm guessing the majority of your traffic and you lose that you're in a world of hurt because nobody's buying your newspaper and now nobody's visiting your website. Mm -hmm. Now for my day job, I work, I'm I'm a work in it, but the company I work for is an SEO company. Uh, If you don't know what that is, it's search engine optimization. Think of it like a publicist for your website. And you know what most of our analysts do all day, day in, day out, five days a week, sometimes seven days a week. They find ways to get Google to come to your site and link content. Like, that's a good thing. Mm. You want that. Unless you're in Spain. I, this makes no sense to me. It truly doesn't. This entire paradigm makes no sense. So, I don't know. Any, any of our listeners from Spain, can you tell me what the crap is going through their brains right now? Crap. Please? That's what I'm thinking is going through their brain is crap. Por favor, no suscribe, said. <laughs> yeah, I I just laughed when I saw this headline because we knew eating, it, we knew it was going to happen. They're eating the crazy paella again. Um, my, my Google Hangouts is frozen on like the worst possible face that I'm making right now. Like, I, I was just right see in the a middle black of, screen. Oh, okay. Because I have like a stupid image here of myself. Thanks, Google. I'm defending you against Spain, and this is how you repay me. <laughs> it's how they roll. It is how they roll. Hey, um, another bad segue. Amazon has launched a new service called Prime Now. And this is kind of interesting because it promises to deliver essential goods to your doorstep within an hour. I want this. <laughs> now, it's not free. You know, it's... It, it's and to my knowledge, it's not even something that you can pay for Prime and get for free. It's not like the two-day shipping. Pretty much, if you want a two-hour delivery, it's free. If you want one-hour delivery, $8. Which is still really cheap. <laughs> I mean, considering all the other options. Now, what considers essential goods? Like, like what is considered an essential good? Mm, milk. Air. 
Yeah, they say tens of thousands. Yes, we will deliver air. <laughs> it's it's um, things like paper towels, toiletries, books, toys, and batteries are also essential goods. Ooh, books. Cool. Yes. And toys. Save us from boredom, Amazon. Only you. Oh, wait. I guess I could download that to my Kindle. Um, that would work, too. But. I want my audiobook downloaded within an hour, please. <laughs> <laughs> like a guy shows up and gives you a cassette tape. <laughs> that would be awesome. Or better yet. 18 cassette tapes now it says that um it, it says that thanks to um a growing network uh, and I, i'm quoting here quote growing network of fulfillment centers that utilize high-end technology to speed up order delivery times for customers quote they'll be able to end quote they'll be able to do this currently it's only to uh manhattan but they expect more cities to follow in 2015 and i've heard this before okay people have promised me this all the time all you have to do is listen to a Jimmy John's ad, and they're promising this. But do they think – is this going to remain something that's only in big cities? I mean, Schmidt mentioned he'd love to have this. Where he is at, it'd be great. I know my wife would love to have this because, you know, we have four kids, and she's at home with them all day because it just works out economically that it's better she stay at home with them. And I know that there are days when she would rather gnaw off her own leg than have to take them all to the store. Yeah. Where the idea of delivering something that's vital, we need it, you know, that she would she would love this. But are we expecting this to go everywhere, or is it only going to remain in the high-density urban areas? Well, I, I, I kind of see this. I mean, we, we know, we, we see Amazon Fresh. I think they're on um, the West Coast, I want to say. Uh, they don't deliver within an hour, but you, you kind of see where they're going with this, where they, they've they have Amazon Fresh now. They have Prime now, um, and they've been promising for a couple of years now that they're going to put um, high traffic uh, warehouses in major cities across the U.S. and And if you take a look at it, at the bigger picture, it's almost like this is their end goal. To like where a lot of the major cities in the U.S. are eventually going to have this Prime now, and then if you're not in one of those major cities, maybe you can have like two or three hour delivery or something like that. So it, it kind of seems like this, this is what they were aiming for all the time. Mm-hmm. Now playing devil's advocate here. No, let me reword that playing European advocate. <laughs> Cause I just got done making fun of them, uh, which I kind of feel bad about. There is kind of a romantic idea of the old world where whoever it was that stayed at home or, or even if you didn't have anyone that stayed at home, it was still your responsibility to go to the market and get the food you needed for that day, just for that day. And it's not just a European thing. Um, I'm Okinawan, actually. I'm not fully Japanese. I'm Okinawan. And I've been there, and they do the same thing. You know, every day, you either get a delivery from the market or you go to market, and you get the food you need for that day. Namely because in a lot of other countries, they don't have the space to store two weeks' worth of, of food in their home. You know, it or just doesn't in, make sense. Or in the case of North Korea, they don't have electricity to run their refrigerator. They don't have two weeks' worth of food in the country. Um, <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. Anyway, there's something to be said, I think, about getting out of the house and interacting with shop owners and, and the market. And Is there? Or... I. Is this I don't know. You, you think about all the things that, that we've taken away from, you know, quote unquote, taken away from society, and it's been replaced by something else. Um, and in most cases, something better. I don't have any examples offhand right now, but if you take someone out of the marketplace and, and give it to them on their doorstep, that's more time to be spent doing something else. And whether that's a good or a bad thing, 
I still don't know. But it it's almost like there there's this part of our society that whether it's good or it's bad, it, it's 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 a piece of society that that either needs to be replaced or some people would rather have it replaced. So. I don't. I don't know where I was going with that, but it sounded good at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good. It's a good observation. I personally think I would prefer to be responsible for my own, like getting my own essentials, because I, I like that. Meanwhile, yeah. I kind of like having Amazon deliver all the crap that isn't essential. Like right now, it's Christmas time, you know, mm-hmm. and every day we're getting deliveries of of presents that we've ordered online, and that's really, really, really nice. I don't yeah. need to go to the shop and haggle with the toy monger about which particular doll my kids want. Right. I don't need that. But it is kind of fun going to the butcher and seeing what's, you know, what kind of new cuts are in or, or go to uh, a greengrocer or a produce manager. And, you know, there's something fun about that to me. Yeah. You know, my thought when I heard this is this is going to actually eliminate the need for people to go outside at all. Because we, between telecommuting, pizza delivery, Jimmy John's, and now Amazon delivering your quote-unquote essentials within the hour, those people who don't like to go outside or don't want to go outside now have no excuse to go outside. They could, they could be dead in their apartment in lower Manhattan. You don't understand. The batteries in my Amazon Fire TV remote died. I need batteries now. <laughs> Save me, Amazon Prime now. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we could have dead bodies, like, just sitting there for who knows how long, and just a pile of Amazon deliveries sitting on their front step. See, that's We what, noticed that's you what, haven't logged in for a while. Are you dead? That's what the Amazon Echo is for. <laughs> It'll know your pattern. It'll know, oh, hey, something's wrong. Let's, uh, let's, let's notify the authorities. <laughs> that last command sounded a little like a death rattle. Send authorities? Click yes or no. Uh, <laughs> I am kind of waiting for the inevitable ad campaign. Hey, you, now that you don't have to go to the store, we just freed up two and a half hours of your time. That is perfect for to get a video on demand through Amazon Prime. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. Okay. Oh, I can totally see that coming. Well, giving us another way to continually interact with people, a new app has launched this week. Is it, has it launched, or has it just gained momentum? I think it's just gained momentum. They, they yeah. did an update this week, a big, a big update, I believe. There's an app called the Wakey app. Now, there's a lot of different alarm clocks out there on the market. Uh, this one is kind of unique in that, one, it's on all major platforms, so it's on the iPhone, Android, and Windows phone. It's also unique in the way that you can get a wake-up call from a stranger. Now, when I first heard about this, I read about it on another website that uh, evidently completely screwed up the concept, and I thought, what a stupid idea is this? Oh, I still think it's a stupid idea. Well, the way they made it sound was that you're basically putting your your morning fate in someone else's hands, and that they could just randomly wake you up whenever. Like like, like (laughs) it's truly randomized stranger chat roulette where, oh, I have a wake button where I can just mash it and wake someone up. But it's not that. You request a wake-up call, and at that time, they connect you with a random other subscriber. It gives you an anonymous call over Wi-Fi, so it's voice over IP. They don't get your number. No, it's a real phone call. It's a real phone. Yeah. So I've actually tried this. It's um, it. What it does is you set your alarm time, um, and someone else that has the app open that's waiting for 
um, the app to notify them that someone wants to wake up. Um, they click, okay, yeah, I want to wake that person up. It then gives them your number. It gives them a number to call. I don't think it's your number. It does some type of Google Voice magic. But they, it's an actual phone call. They actually call you. Well, it says it's here the call is done over Wi-Fi, so no real contact information is exchanged. Well, I, that never worked like that for me. So I, hmm. I think maybe, that maybe that's wrong. part of the update. <laughs> now, a <laughs> lot less murdery. <laughs> I, you know, you mentioned chat roulette, and all of a sudden, I just envisioned like somebody waking up <laughs> to some hairy naked hey, dude. Hey, Zoner, this is your wake up call. I d- how do you, how do you like to wake up, Showing his horribleness all it's over. It's just audio. It's just audio. <laughs> and it, as this article does point out, the call cuts off after a minute. So, so you only have a minute of horrible awkwardness. I would imagine that you could cut it off sooner if you wanted. Yeah, most of mine have only been about 10 to 20 seconds. Now, the, this is kind of cool in, in a way because I, and, and I'm not alone in this, a lot of people do this. I'm sure many of our listeners do this. My alarm goes off and I snooze. Mm-hmm. And then it goes off again about nine minutes later, and okay, I'm up. I'm up. Huh. wonder what emails I got during the night. Let's look through those. And, oh, that's interesting. There's a Facebook <laughs> notification. Oh, and my town got raided. Oh, they got 90%. Let's see how they did that. And before I know it, it is like 40 minutes after when I was supposed to be up. That's why I'm I set awake. my alarm for an hour before I need to get out of bed. Yeah, we call <laughs> you, you know, masochistic. Um, so... This is kind of cool in that it runs on the idea that when you are forced to actually talk with a person, it wakes you up a little bit more. Yeah. And, th- and I get that. That's kind of cool. The question I have is, is what if I set my alarm? Okay, I want to be up at 7. And the, and the app goes, great. And there's no one available. No one chooses me. No one chooses to wake me up. Is that a valid excuse for my boss? Sorry, there's no one who wanted to wake me. They saw my, they saw my profile picture and said, nope. <laughs> in, in that instance, there's a, a pre-recorded... Uh, message it it still rings your phone um, and when you answer it it's a pre-recorded message from wakey saying wake up so it's not an actual person and I, I actually got one of those yesterday morning so wake up to disappointment no yeah. one shows you but, I mean <laughs> it's I, a Monday it's a sad trombone sound but you're you're right I mean you, you say that you know it, it helps wake you up faster it's true I mean I, I used to hit the snooze button all the time and and it would take me about an hour to, to wake up um, but the the wakey community is they they care about each other i'm going to go into this <laughs> um i don't know how to explain it what happens is when when they wake you up and i'm i'm really groggy when i wake up um one of the one of the persons one of the people that was trying to wake me up was um stayed there for about um 20 seconds just saying are you up yet are you up yet Come on, you can do it. Wake up. <laughs> and like he was he was kind of coaching me along. Um, That's kind you know. of creepy though, too. <laughs> it's, it's cool, you know, but it's creepy. Come on. Af- Come on, yeah, Schmitty, think, you about can do it. Afterwards, it. if you think if you just hear me talking about it, it sounds creepy, but at the moment in the moment, that's what I needed to get out of bed. I was actually no, you're out not. of bed within I a minute. I can see you. I'm looking at you now. You're not up. So, I mean, okay, I'm up now. <laughs> when I first heard about this app, I thought it was a, um, a ridiculous idea, but when you try it, you never want to go back. So, and, and the only the only hesitation I have about it is to have my phone ringing in the morning. But I just changed the ringtone for for the app, and it's it's it sounds like a, an alarm clock. So, I I've been liking it. 
And I See, also I, enjoy I, waking I, other people up too. So I, I yeah, that's because you're mean. You ever just like <laughs> scream? <laughs> he doesn't so he doesn't so much wake people up as he just plays an air horn directly into his phone. <laughs> Vuvuzela. It was a Vuvuzela. <laughs> See, I want to try this out, but I'm kind of worried that it won't work for me because I can actually get woken up by my children coming in and jumping on me, and I roll back over and fall asleep. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm narcoleptic. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, check it out. If, you, if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, you can try it out. It's free, and you can always try it once and say, yeah, that was weird. I'm not doing that again. And, you know. and if you do try it, let us know how it goes. Yeah. Did you need a shower afterwards? Was it was it weird? Did it ruin your day? Did it make it absolutely ma- magical? Feedback well, you know, on Yeah, one, one thing that takes away a lot of the creepiness of it is it's really open. When when someone wakes you up, um, there's actual feedback that goes on. Um, you can actually log in to Wakey and see like who it was, you know. So so there's there's this air of responsibility that that you know you don't want to go be being a creeper to someone because they're going to know. You know, at least they have your profile there, so it's not 100% anonymous and hidden like Chatroulette. So, so yeah. if you get like some sexy voice waking you up, and you go and you check out the profile pic, and it's some hot chick, you can then Facebook stalk her or whatever the case may be. Yeah, sounds it's called safe. Google Image Search, and it almost always works. Um, hey, speaking of this whole idea of the crowdsourcing, you know, this is crowdsourcing an alarm clock. Um, we, we have crowdsourcing for funds now. And then of course we also have the ride sharing, which is how this actually segues into our next headline. Uber has been getting into a lot of trouble in the past few months between tracking people when they shouldn't be drivers, raping people when they shouldn't be. Um, not that you ever should. There isn't a good rapey time. There's never a should. <laughs> um, unless you're to doing make light a of Christmas that. song, then, then apparently date, date rape is okay. Yes, we, we won't go into outside. that. Yes. <laughs> Baby's um, cold outside. That's all I'm going to say. In Sydney, Uber decided to hike their rate. Now, if you weren't oh. aware of this, because it made the news, but only briefly, there was an armed hostage crisis in downtown Sydney. Uh, a gunman went into a cafe, uh, held uh, hostages at gunpoint, lined them up in front of the window. It was bad, and yeah, people they, were trying to get out of the area. It was they, really bad. They thought it was a, a terrorist attack because he had an ISIS flag in the window. And so it it was, uh, in Sydney, it was on the scale of, holy crap, we're under terrorist attack, let's get out of here. Yeah, it, um, it, was, it was really bad. So people started trying to get out of the areas any way they could, and one of the ways people were trying to get out of there was Uber. And because of the wild influx of Uber requests, Uber, for whatever reason, automatically ramped the minimum price to $100. Well, it's not for whatever reason. That's, that's written into their algorithm. You make it sound like they, they diabolically did this. <laughs> well, for whatever reason, it was in their algorithm, is oh, what okay. I mean to say. Well, yeah, and not that they, and, well, and that, that's kind of what... Supply and demand. It's basic yeah. economics. There's 20 drivers and, and 80 people are, are wanting to get out of there. Yeah, they have to raise the price a little bit. So, but that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. And here's why it doesn't make any sense to me. And Ruff is welcome to uh, correct me, both as an Australianer and as an oh, economist. An Aussie. <laughs> an Aussie, yes. Uh, Bruce's and Nigel's. Anyway, um, I get the idea of supply and demand. But the point of the matter is, is that if the demand goes up and supply stays the same, prices will go up. But if I just paid $100 to get out of downtown Sydney, 
just because my willingness to pay has gone up and I've paid doesn't suddenly mean there's an extra driver around to get me out. You know, it's a little bit different when the services in, in this supply and demand scenario are, is an actual ride out of there. Because it didn't, my willingness to pay extra didn't suddenly spawn a new driver. Now, Uber has stated that this algorithm, that this price hike algorithm, is designed with the idea of getting more drivers into an area faster. Saying, hey, look, look at this demand. People are making huge money. Get on down there and get some of that. Right? You could be making $100 now. Because, you know, people want to do that when there's a hostage situation. They have since um, apologized after some public outcry and have refunded the people who did pay and stated quickly, I mean, they jumped on that pretty fast, that they will offer anyone a ride free to get out of the downtown area. Now, the cynical side of me, because I don't think Uber is that benevolent of a company, uh, wants to say that they probably ditched them three blocks outside of the downtown area, then went back in for more people. Like they didn't, they didn't specify how far away from downtown. Well, I I would give them the benefit of the doubt. I, mean, I don't think the company is a hundred percent evil. And now, whether or not the Uber drivers themselves did that, that's 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 good to question. Oh, but. I've just been ditching them at the shipyard. It's great. It's safe over there. <laughs> They're in the lumber yard. Yeah, I see this pretty much just as basic supply and demand built into their algorithms and into their code. However. I think that there should be, I mean, if you're if you're in a situation where you're fearing for your life and people are price gouging you, that's just kind of a dick move. Well, and this is this kind of goes back and this goes into something that requires more time than we have time left in the show for, honestly. I, because Uber raises a lot of real interesting questions. Um ethical ones, moral ones, logistic ones. New York City it's rush hour. People are trying to get home, okay? Demand for a cab goes through the roof. Do cabbies start charging more? No. Because a rate is a rate is a rate. It's standardized. It is maintained, and it's kept that way. And if there aren't enough cabbies, then sorry, there wasn't enough cabbies. You don't get a ride. Find another way. Yeah, but there's always a set number of cabbies on the road in New York. It, Uber drivers is not it's not the same. So yeah, I don't think you can equate it to to medallions. Well, what's the what's keeping an Uber driver from uh, starting a bidding process? I'm just saying it, there's the there's something to be allow it. there's something to be said for regulation, and I think that's what rubs me really the wrong way about this whole Uber and how, Lyft to a degree. How do they how do they not regulate? They they do driver license checks. They do history. Um, they they do. Um, What's the word I'm trying to think of? They do background checks and and they check your driver's license record, your driver's record, so that it's regulated. I don't see to how a, you don't think it's regulated to a degree. We uh, the reason they've gotten in trouble the past few months is because their regulation is self-serving. You know, and and, and again, I I don't totally disagree with you. And there's a lot to be said on both sides, but I think it's going to require. I mean, it would almost require its own other show. I think. Yeah. Um, but it's also a really good question. Has anyone out there used Lyft or Uber? You know, we want to know because honestly, the three of us have never used it. It's I, not I know that quite a few people that have used Lyft at work, and they've never had any issues. Everyone's been really kind to them. It's it's a sound business model in their mind. They've never had an issue. Yeah, so yeah, I, I would be interested. We, we should do that. We should like record from someone's car. <laughs> <laughs> Field trip. Um, okay, moving on. But I do want to hear from other people. Feedback at stolendroids dot com. Because, um, again, our, our scope is kind of limited there. Instagram. Instagram had a lot of fake accounts. 
Turns out they had a whole lot of fake accounts, and they purged them. Almost 19 million fake accounts. Well, well, no. Oh, no, um, sorry. 19 million followers, sorry. I just failed hard. Yeah, you're, you're continuing to fail hard, because um, the actual number... Well, I don't think they actually even said. They don't have an actual number. They don't have an actual number, but it's kind of funny. The number that Zoner's trying to get to um, is that after they purged those fake accounts, Instagram's own main account lost 18.9 million users. Followers. Like, yeah. Followers, yeah. <laughs> 29% of their followers turned out to be fake accounts of their own. It's probably it's probably safe to assume that most Instagram users follow the Instagram account. I'm not sure, but... I know I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't Instagram. But uh, Justin Bieber lost 15% of his total. Kim Kardashian <laughs> lost 5.5%. I just think it's funny that 15% of Justin Bieber's followers were fake. <laughs> what does that say about his fan base? <laughs> that there's a lot of 40-year-old men who really rather not let people know that they are fans of Justin Bieber. Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, though, honestly, I think um, these would be spam bot accounts. Not mm-hmm. necessarily pseudonym accounts, but... Yeah, you know, bot managed ones. So, yeah, I, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, but it's good that they're they're getting rid of those fake accounts. I mean, they they've been used to, you know, sway profits and ads and whatnot. But I think I think ever since uh, Facebook got a hold of them, they've been in, increasing in popularity. So yeah, it's good. Every day, five new bots sign up. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, again, no good segue here, but BlackBerry. And that's really all you got to say is BlackBerry. <laughs> oh, but BlackBerry. Oh, Mr. Chen. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> that's like no all you could say is, yeah, they. It's no it's surprise the revenue falls short again. This quarter, they reported that they made $793 million, which I don't particularly think is bad because that's a lot more money than I have, right? Except for the fact that this same quarter last year, they reported $1.2 billion. And this same quarter last year was when they were falling rapidly. So what does that make this year? continuing to fall um yeah so i i said something um a few months ago on this show and i asked you guys john chen the ceo of blackberry had been doing triage so much he'd been selling real estate been selling interest assets patents portfolios and laying off people basically cutting the fat out of every corner for blackberry he could to pull a profit and he did Credit where credit's due, he did. And then I said, and now they're launching this stupid phone, the Passport, the square one with the 1600 by 1600 display, that no one wants. How much money is this going to lose them now that he's already cut them to the wick? <laughs> yeah, And I, now we know. I love, <laughs> and they lost them all the money. I love how this article, he's quoting him. He says, you know, he says... Quote, from a revenue standpoint, we might not be at the lowest point, but we are nearing the bottoming out of this revenue. So they can still go lower. <laughs> uh, but then he says, and I'm assuming he's talking about his shareholders here, he says, they're not listening to what I said. 
uh, because we don't give guidance, we don't call them up and say, quote, which part of English do you not understand? Uh, he said the company will probably need a couple of quarters to turn revenue around. I just love the fact that a guy whose last name is Chen is saying, what part of English do you not understand? Well, okay. Racism aside, because that's an easy joke to make. <laughs> that's a funny joke to make right there is what that is. I think the part where they're kind of confused about Mr. Chen is the fact that you said we're probably going to need a couple quarters to turn revenue around. Now, if I'm going to be technical here, and, and typically it is kind of grammar, you know, policing is Schmitty's job, but a couple means, if I believe uh, it's correct, two. He's had four. two quarters. Two quarters. That means yeah. 50 cents, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we need 50 cents to turn this around. We're, we haven't bottomed out till we hit 50 cents. Then we're fine. Well, their stock that, price is about nine bucks a share, so they've still got a ways to go. <laughs> so you, you've had four quarters since you said that, and shareholders are wondering when this turnaround is going to happen. And, and just so you're aware, again, Mr. Chen, the idea of hitting bottom isn't a good thing. It's not that you can't rebound until after you've hit the bottom, okay? This isn't a trampoline. <laughs> You could rebound now if you wanted to. Are, are, did we all misunderstand your, your goal here? It sounds yeah. to me like what he wants to do is bounce. That That's what he's hoping to do is to bounce. And bouncing's not a good thing either. Well, bouncing checks, that's not good. The only way a company like this could bounce is if they get so low, they get bought out by another company for cents on the dollar, which would immediately spike their value. Maybe if that they were the just only way more it could bold. Bounce. <laughs> bold your way out of this, Jen. What if you fail, it's because you weren't bold them. enough. What, what company would be able to bail them out of where they are? Google. None. No, Google wouldn't. Google would buy them and then tear them, take apart. Away all their, tear them apart and then sell all the parts for a loss. They'd take their, their, their server patents. systems. and yeah. Take their patents. Yeah, and then again, try and sell them off for a loss. It, did, it happened to Motorola Mobility, and Motorola Mobility was in a much better spot than BlackBerry was. Mm-hmm. I could see Microsoft swooping in and buying them up just for their patents and then just saying, okay, close the doors, we're done. I see Microsoft swooping in, buying what they want, which is the only value the company has left, not buying what they don't want, and the company being left with nothing because they just lost their most valuable part. No, they've still got the passport. <laughs> I, I don't know why BlackBerry cannot figure out that their strength is not the handsets. Oh, it, They've it lost must, that war. It must be the tablet then with all yeah. those playbooks. Black, BlackBerry hardware didn't even lose that battle. They didn't show up. <laughs> you can't win something you don't you don't try. And there's there's that saying: "Don't bring a knife to a gunfight." They brought like a spork. <laughs> they they didn't they, hear. They didn't hear the gunfight was happening until much much later. <laughs> They brought a spork to a nuclear war. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, we're really getting down on them. But seriously, I, we didn't think it would get much worse when we talked about them last year. And here they are, almost half the income now. And, and seriously, John Chen cut out everything they could. And now they have to make back the loss from the passport. It's not going to happen. Um, Microsoft, on the other hand, has decided to make something open source that's really kind of surprising to me. They announced this week that they are going to release the cloud framework called Project Orleans, which they use on Halo 4. 
now. Um, they've touted their Azure gaming cloud system quite a bit. Uh, and if you need a quick refresher, it is a cloud-based processing unit, really. It processes a lot of things um, off of your console. So as you're playing, the cloud is doing half the computational stuff that your console can't do or won't do, or they just free it up. And then it streams the results back to you, the data back to you, so it's as if you're getting a much better game than you actually are. It's a major pillar about how the Xbox One operates and how they say the Xbox One is going to last for 10 years. It's also incredibly powerful and now open to anyone who wants to develop for it. Or develop on it, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I I think this is a a telling um, piece of history that that right now is um, uh, a moment where we'll see a shift in games. And I'm I'm not saying just platform games, but Mobile games can even use this. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we'll see mobile games, the quality of mobile games and AI in mobile games just shoot through the roof if they use this right. So Now, on the other hand, and maybe this is just me being a cynic again, how much did it really cost Microsoft to make this open source? Because let's be fair, half the reason why Project Orleans works so well is because Microsoft does have the Azure cloud. I mean, I it's open source, so I could get the source code to it, but I don't have billions of dollars to dump into a data network capable of doing anything with it. Right. You know, yeah, you do, and mo- still need the network. Yeah. And, and most of the companies that have the capital to do it, Amazon, Google, um, yeah, that's it. They already have their own platform. They already have their own cloud c- computational network. Oh, IBM, IBM's the other one. Yeah. Well, Amazon has their servers too. They, I think yeah, they have their, their A3 system. Yeah. And they'll, and, and people can rent those out too. So we'll see, a lot of uh, startup game companies using those. And yeah. Who knows? Uh, maybe we'll see, within the next year we'll see the next big mobile game come out. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible that you don't need a Microsoft-level cloud server environment. Maybe you'll, you only need a couple. But it is a kind of cool idea. I hadn't thought about mobile gaming until you just said it, but that's really kind of exciting. So... Um, okay, uh, the next few headlines we need to plow through because we're running late. Minecraft is getting a story mode. Um... No real details have come out yet on exactly how that's going to work, but it's happening. It's a standalone cool. game done by Telltale, the guys that did The Walking Dead. Should be good. It should be yeah. good. I'll be playing it. Um, speaking of games, um, Assassin's Creed Unity, you know, the one with the hilarious bugs. Um, <laughs> I, I, we're talking like Dragon Age Origin or Skyrim level bugs here. Uh, it's getting a patch to take care of those. The patch is 40 gigs. Yeah. That's Which is about the size of the game itself. Shouldn't they just reship the discs? Wouldn't it have been easier? <laughs> yeah, I, I think they should have because this is ticking a lot of people off because a lot of people are hitting their caps, their data caps this month, trying to download the update. Um, that's it, not an update. That's a whole other game. It is. It, it's an entire game. And, and part of me wonders if they didn't just recode the entire game and it, and, and like you said, they should just ship out the disc. Um, and. Though the, the Xbox One, I think, ships with a 250 gig hard drive, so space on the hard drive isn't an issue. It's it's the data caps that that uh, it, they're getting people. If they're if they're on a a small Wi-Fi network and their data cap is at 20 gig, well, they can't download the update. So, yeah, not not good. Um, and our final headline, I I don't know. There's a game called Cards Against Humanity. It is hilarious. <laughs> 
Um, it, I mean, it really, really is just funny. It's fun to play. It's great. And the company behind it, um, really kind of interesting. And there was talk that they might be launching a new game. So on Black Friday, when they offered to send you poop for $6, um, they called it something else, people took that to be a promotion for the new game. Maybe it's Maybe it's a new type of game called I Poop on You or, or something interesting. So 30,000 so <laughs> people paid $6 part of this campaign. <laughs> and they got, and they, they've confirmed it, a box of poop. Yep. 30,000 people did this. And what's great is the fact that even the CEO of the company said, um, no, no, people, we're, we're serious this this is what it is. This isn't a joke. This isn't a euphemism for anything. This isn't some clever marketing ploy. We just thought it'd be funny. We didn't expect anyone to do it. <laughs> and they underestimated the power of the internet. <laughs> so there you have it. Cards Against Humanity made $180,000 selling poop. And the awesome thing about this, people are selling it on eBay now after paying 6 bucks for it for more than 30 bucks. That's an excellent return on their investment. I I I can't make that much money in three years. <laughs> we have our business model all wrong. <laughs> all wrong. They've been throwing this stuff away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because if somebody's willing to pay six bucks for some turd, I could give it to you for half. I can give it with corn, with peanuts, you know, whatever you want. Three bucks, I'll do it. With shipping. Oh yeah, you got to pay for shipping. Got to pay. No, for you got to shipping. pay. Shipping's not included with that. Let's not let's not go crazy here. Okay, <laughs> this is going to be in the new stolen droid store. Okay, there's going to be our poster. There's going to be our T-shirt, a couple bumper stickers, a box of poop. You know, just cause. Anyway. That sounds like it should be our favorite, but it's not. My favorite, actually, is a new web series about the Jeff 1000. It ha- happens in the near future where Jeff 1000, he's just a robot trying to make his way in Hollywood, you know? Never mind the fact that he's, like, 12 feet tall and armed with machine guns and, and rockets. And his actor friend, Summer Glau, who stars opposite him in the movie he's working on, really helps him out through life. Uh, there's three episodes out right now. It's kind of funny. Um, and... Uh, I'm going to ruffle some feathers here. I love Summer Glau. I think she's gorgeous. I think she's very talented. But the real star is the robot. <laughs> He's outshining her in this series. It's kind of weird. So uh, go ahead. Check it out. It's quite funny. Uh, my favorite, um, in uh, uh, because the holidays are coming, this is a, a preview or a trailer, a fake trailer, for a fake movie called The Holidays Are Coming, uh, made by a, a YouTube channel called, called What's Up Moms. Uh, it's a hilarious uh, take on what really goes on during the holidays and the preparations for it. So check it out. It, ha- it had me in tears. <laughs> so. The good kind of tears. Yes, the laughing tears. Now, I have tears from mine as well. Mine is the feel-good favorite of the week. Derby the dog is a dog that was born with gimpy legs. And... <laughs> Way to sensitivize that up. <laughs> And somebody was clever enough to 3D print some new legs for Derby. And so Derby can now run and play fetch and do all the things that normal dogs do. And it's really awesome. And so check it out. And you will cry because it's tender. 
I can make it on my own. All right, that is our show this week. Um, I hope everyone's having a very happy and safe holidays. That um, you uh, please forgive us our transgressions this episode. Let us know if you do or not. Feedback at stolendroids.com. Find us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Plus us um, and hello us. Uh, until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. A bit of round ring. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.